Well, welcome to the Heart for Scripture Extra Innings podcast. Major League Baseball may have been canceled, but Extra Innings podcast continues today. Boom, baby. So let's start with a roll call so you, the listener, knows who is talking on this podcast. Jake Simmons is back. And I broke am... on your name and, a, and a, <laughs> a nickname you've been called before. So give us a nickname you've been called before. I was imagining I'm walking up to the plate. Mike, you interrupted me. Sorry. I'm back. <laughs> uh, Jake what? Simmons and my nickname is La Cabeza, meaning the head. I have a very large head. <laughs> Amen. All right. Uh, what was up with the I'm back? I just explained it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, Stephen St. John, and uh, <laughs> never really had a nickname. I, I really don't. St. John doesn't need a nickname. Maybe that's, that's a, it. That's a yeah. solid nickname. Kind All of right, so you guys have an option to submit a nickname. Hey, there you go. For Stephen St. John, just email mike at cckchurch.com. And whoever gives me the best nickname, we're going to give you a prize yeah, before the next podcast. Nice. Uh, Jake Cronin, I'm back as well. Mm. Yep, and uh, as a kid, I was called the Rubber Band Man. I was really flexible, I guess. That makes sense. Okay, Zach Varnell, and uh, they never really got creative with me. It was just Varnell. 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 All right, That's and cool. this is back again, Mike Flutie. <laughs> and uh, I guess the most consistent one is Big Plue. Yeah. So, all right. So, diving into, we read through some Exodus this month. And so, kind of the goal of the podcast is to hit some things we weren't able to talk about in our weekly videos. And I thought this was a great question talking about Exodus and the plagues on the people of Egypt. And I wanted to ask you guys if you had to choose one of the plagues to endure. Which one would you choose? And we eliminated number 10 because obviously it's the worst and nobody wants that. Uh, All the firstborn of the land died. So let's just go with nine. Out of the other nine, if you had to endure one of the plagues, which one would you endure? What do you think, Cronin? You know, I'm going with livestock died. I don't have any lives. <laughs> Is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're going. You're picking the livestock. I don't, I don't have any livestock, so I feel like you know I'd go with that one. Okay. Mm. No petting zoo for you. That seems to manipulate the question, though. Mm-hmm. You got to endure something that's going to be painful to you. So you have a lot of livestock, then. Boils. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Cronin's going for boils. What you got, Stephen? Uh, you know, I'm not scared of the dark. So I could just sleep or pray. So I'm, I'm going to go with darkness. Three days of darkness. Yeah. No electricity, we're going to say. Right. No. Mild climate there in Egypt. I'm going with frogs. <laughs> I don't mind a frog. That's what I picked. I picked it's frogs. Kinda, I thought, you know, they're annoying, annoying but, but yeah, I couldn't handle gnats no. or flies. Oh, no, that would just drive me crazy. Can you imagine the Egyptian heat? And all the flies and stuff? No. And I can't, I don't like the sight of blood. So the Nile, like the Tennessee River turning to blood. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It makes me nauseous thinking about it. Can you sleep with frogs? The frogs were up in the beds. You'd get them out. 
The, no- the noise? Can I you feel, imagine the noise? I feel like I could sleep with frogs. Yes. <laughs> I think I'd be fine. All right. Yeah. What do you got, Zach? I have, uh, this is a terrible question. I can't. This is, All of these are horrible things. Uh, Come to the boil camp. Yeah, maybe I'll jump on with the boils. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't do it. Darkness. I'll go with darkness. Another Steven, darkness. maybe we could be together. Nobody yeah. wanted the hail. That's no way. And the locust. Are you still there, Zach? Yeah. All right, so since we're in the Old Testament, let's stick there for a few moments. And this month, we finished up Exodus, we dove into Leviticus. So, Stephen, a question for you, reading texts like Leviticus 10, and I'll read it real quick. It says, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, and laid incense on it, and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord, and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. And it says that Aaron held his peace. He was okay Mm. with that. So when you have texts like that, and we had several of those already in the Old Testament, people entering the Holy of Holies or touching Mount Sinai or not following purification law. So when we see people in the Old Testament killed like that for not obeying God's law, why was there such a severe punishment? Two parts. Why was there such a severe punishment? And why do you think that doesn't happen now to us today? Or does it to people and we just don't see it somehow or don't admit it. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that's a really uh, hard question to start with. (laughs) So thanks for that, Mike. Really appreciate it. Well, we did the 10 plagues first. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Suddenly the choosing a plague seems easy. This does seem like a death podcast, you know. This this podcast (laughs) is sponsored by Liquid Death. (laughs) Yes. Um, Just a just open with a little preface. I, I think that Aaron held his peace because he was terrified. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was okay. Um, he seems distraught as he is able to be uh, as you read the rest of the account. I, I think it's a little bit of a trick question, not not intentionally. It's, a, it's an understandable question. It's an intelligent question. So maybe I should say it's tricky because really God's, God's grace is always present. I, I think that God's grace had already been super abundant in the life of the children of Israel as they were delivered from Egypt and brought out into the desert. I think God's grace was super abundant in the life of Aaron and his sons. And they had been set apart for holy use by the Lord. And they were the recipients of many gifts from the Lord. And, and it's significant to remember that, that, that God sees the heart when we don't. Uh, the Lord says in Jeremiah, I, I alone see the heart. And we don't know what God was doing in the lives of these two men. Uh, I have in mind, even when you read about the first murder in the Bible in Genesis chapter 4, 
God is warning Cain before this takes place. God says, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. So you see God's grace even in warning. And God had already told Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, how this incense was supposed to be offered and what fire was supposed to be used and who was supposed to do it. You can read about it in Exodus 30. Aaron was supposed to do this. This was dad's job. These two guys, I I might assume, only the Lord knows, remember, because only he knows the heart. These two guys, in their pride, decided on probably the first day of operation for the the tabernacle that they were just going to do their own thing. Hmm. So they have, I think, rejected God's abundant grace in their life. They have blatantly ignored God's very clear and specific instructions about how this was going to be done, and on the very first day decided to do it their own way. And so God punishes them by by killing them. Um, it it is it is God's uh, divine and powerful response to what they did. And he is, if you will, underlining and putting in bold his divine and powerful instruction that he had just given to the people of Israel. So on top of their pride, I might add that their timing was really bad. They had just been consecrated for the the priesthood. The tabernacle had just opened and begun. And you might imagine that all of the people of Israel are watching to see what is going to happen. And these guys just decided to reject right from the get-go what God had said. And so he punishes punishes them. But as you you move, you kind of transition from that. Why why did God do this? Let me just summarize. I think he's looking at, he had already been gracious. He had already warned um, he had uh, he had given his very clear and specific instructions, and it was a very public moment, and so God God judged them. But transitioning from that to the time we live in now, I, I just want to say that we are also living in a time of God's great grace and God's superabundant grace. The gospel call is ringing out to all people. Those who have repented from their sin and trusted in Christ belong to God. His grace is everywhere. And, And we ought to be careful to understand that we are recipients of that grace, and we ought to be careful not to ignore the word of the Lord. There's a very similar event that happens in in the first century with the church in Jerusalem, where uh, Ananias and Sapphira lie to the Lord about their offering, and and they both drop dead before Peter the apostle. So I don't I don't think this event that we're reading about in Leviticus two is an isolated Old Testament event. I think it's the the judgment of God judgment of God against sin and rebellion, and it's a righteous judgment of God. Does God always strike people dead like mm. he did Nadab and Abihu, or like he did uh, Anais and Sapphira? Uh, thank God, no. He doesn't always do it that way, but death is God's judgment for sin and rebellion in the world. Every one of us sitting here in this room, everyone listening to this podcast is going to the body's going to die. It's a judgment for sin. 
But this is why we can rejoice that God has very graciously given us given us the Savior. So his even in even in, in judgment, the grace of God is there. The gospel of God is is calling out for His His people to to mm. respond and to believe and to cling to Christ. I guess the final thing I would want to say about this is for the Christian. Uh, when you read these accounts, we, we have to remember there are things worse than death for the Christian. One of the wonderful things about being a Christian, and this ought to make us very brave in this world, is there are things worse than death. Mm. Though God smite me, I belong to Jesus Christ, and I'm going to live in heaven with him forever You know, when I leave this world. Glory be to God. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think that this is necessarily the worst possible thing that could have happened to Nadab and Abihu, uh, the worst possible thing would be their proud rejection of the grace of mm. God, which was all all around them. Yeah, and I do think, folks, I think it's a good question because we're going to encounter more of this this month in Numbers, yeah. <laughs> and it's something we're going to continue to see in our Bibles, and we have to wrestle with it and think through it and understand the character of God, the nature of God. And I think a, a question, going into another question about Leviticus, I'll open up to any of you guys, but I think people are wrestling with who are doing the Bible reading plan. How does this apply to me today? And I'm reading these stories. I'm reading about the laws, these purification laws. And it seems like some of the laws are we apply today like laws against sexual immorality and there's other laws you read about in Leviticus about uh, you know cleansing the house and bodily discharges and purification that don't apply to us today so how would you help somebody saying I don't understand what applies today and what doesn't how do I distinguish between these different laws in Leviticus how would you guys answer that hmm. I guess uh, one thought I have is a number of these cleansing laws, especially I was struck by that with the whole um, all those uh, categories for leprosy and the priest has to assess and then clean or unclean. Uh, you'd even go away and come back and the priest would check you again to say if you're clean or not. All those had to do with access to the holy place. All those had to do with access to God and... Uh, you know, drawing near to him, approaching him. So in Christ, you know, the veil being ripped when Jesus died from top to bottom in Christ. That's why we, we pray in Jesus' name. We have access to God that uh, those, you know, purification laws don't uh, apply to us now. I just think that's such a wonderful thing because what, what a regimen, wasn't it, right. of, of all the process you had to go to just to even be able to offer your sacrifice. Right. <laughs> And now we freely approach boldly with confidence the throne of grace. It's an incredible thing. And it's good to remember there's a focus in Leviticus on outward cleansing, mm -hmm. but we're reading through the Gospel of Mark, and in Mark 7, Jesus says, what, what truly defiles a person? And it's not what is outside, but it's what's on the inside. And, and so I think there is a sense to where you see with laws and the emphasis of it. God used to dwell outside of his people in the tabernacle, but now he dwells within us. And so as we think about that and what the, how that applies and with the laws and what's emphasized, you just see that these laws still apply, 
but it's almost like they've been upped. It's it's it, it, there's this increase of it's not just what's going on on the outside. There's things going on inside your own heart that you cannot get rid of outside of God's grace and the help of God's spirit. And then there's things just like with sexual immorality that is rooted in creation and God has a design. And so it's not just rooted in these commands. God's looking back and saying, this is how God created things from the very beginning. And so this isn't something new that we have to try to fix. It's like God has established. This is where one can enjoy sex to the glory of God, which is in the confines of marriage. And here's who can have marriage. And so who can be married? So I think it's just being able to uh, remember that and see that. So. Yeah, another category. I don't know if we've talked about this yet, maybe in some of our videos. Um, I was thinking it's helpful for folks reading through the Bible in a year. If, if you haven't done this before, the category of progressive revelation. So in the back of the ESV study Bible are several articles just on how to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And J.I. Packer wrote one called Reading the Bible Theologically. And he talks about how revelation is progressive. Not that it was unclear in the Old Testament and now it's clear in the New Testament, but he says progressive revelation means it's from partial to full and complete. And so scripture interprets scripture. And so as we read through the Bible, you read through Exodus and Leviticus, and this month you're getting into Numbers. And as you go to the New Testament, which is why I like this Bible reading plan, you're reading the New Testament alongside of it. It interprets that for us. And so it shows us where Christ fulfilled these things for us. And a lot of these commands about sexual immorality are repeated in the New Testament and they continue on today. And so I do think, thinking how does the Bible in the New Testament interpret this Old Testament passage really helps us to understand what we apply today versus Mm -hmm. this was something unique to the people of God who were the people of Israel in the Mm -hmm. Old Testament and now in Christ His kingdom has expanded to people from every nation, tribe, tongue, and language. And, uh, you know, now these certain laws applying to the heart apply to us today. Um, Go ahead. The only thing, yeah, I think it is good to remember, you know, God has established a nation, but these people have no idea what it means to to be a nation. And they're looking around them at all these other nations— And thinking, okay, is that what it means? Or is that what it means? Or is that what we do? Or this is what they do, so why don't we do that? And so God's really having to say, or through Moses, this is what it means to be my people. And so as you think about that, you may it may not be in your face thinking these things are relevant, but to the people of Israel, as they are separate and they're God's people, they're looking around, seeing people live as nations, and they're asking questions, and they're wrestling with Um, these things and so it's good to remember that even with these laws they didn't come out of Egypt knowing what it meant to be a nation God had to teach them God had to instruct them in some ways God had to protect them Mm -hmm. because he knew that they were going to be surrounded and tempted to 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 walk away and to go back to what was going going on around them too so I think that's good to remember as you're reading this these are God's people. This is God's nation. He wants them to live as He's called them and instructed That's right. them to. Yeah, and it just um, it makes you so you're so aware as you're reading, even when He continues to repeat His name, "I am the Lord." So do these things for I am the Lord. Yeah. There's the heart the heart of God's on display. It's not you can get maybe lost in 
all the different laws and, um, you know, ceremonial kind of things that you forget that there's a heart of God behind this. It's not just a, you know, rigorous list of do's and don'ts. There's good, you know, what you're saying, you know, his guiding, protecting hand, but also, yeah, it's just his goodness to his people. And uh, he, he wants that for us. And Leviticus gets a bad rap. We talk about it like, ah, Leviticus, we got to endure through Leviticus. But if we can fight to think that, it, it's uh, it's really incredible that the Lord would treat us. Even going back to that first question, yeah, Stephen, you know, we, I think what we often miss when we wonder, now, why would God do that? Why would he respond that way? What we so often miss is that we need to know the character of God, but we also need to know the doctrine of sin and just how bad our sin really is. I listened to a uh, the recent 9-11 anniversary. I listened to John Piper's interview he did way back when it actually happened. And he, I think he's probably said this before, but he said so often when things like this, tragedies happen, the world cries out, why did you do that, Lord? Why, you know, why would God do that? But he's... <laughs> He says so often what we should be saying is every day we enjoy good things. Uh, we should be asking, Lord, why would you do this? <laughs> why, why would you treat us like this? Why would you be so gracious and, and merciful and kind? Anyway, I feel like that applies to the law in Leviticus. Lord, why would you be so kind to provide a way for us to be made right with you? That's excellent. And it, it fits the whole narrative that we read in Exodus where... Uh, two times come to my mind right away, and uh, maybe there are others, where God was ready to destroy everybody. Yes. So you said it very positively. Negatively, we might say, why didn't God, you know, we're, we're wondering about God striking down these two guys. <laughs> why hasn't he stamped out everybody? Yes. But instead, he's making them into his people, making them a nation. And I, I love that. I think uh, Jay Cronin really highlighted that on his video, uh, just again and again saying, uh, I'm the Lord, yeah. I'm holy, I'm in your midst, I'm going to be your God, you're going to be my people, so much grace. Yeah. All right, we spent uh, a lot of time in the Old Testament. Let's talk about the New Testament for a few minutes before we end. Um so in Matthew 23, so we are talking about Old Testament, these punishments and things, but you have this encounter in Matthew 23 where Jesus is confronting the Pharisees and he is woeing them. I mean, multiple times, woe to you, you hypocrites, woe to you, blind guides, woe to you, hypocrites. Uh, is this... Jay Cron, I'm going to ask you this. So we're going to talk about evangelism for a second here. But is this, I mean, is Jesus just being too hard on them? Is this too harsh? Mm -hmm. You know, should we talk to people like this today? Like we were supposed to be like Jesus. He's woeing them. Should we be woeing people today <laughs> as we go around sharing the gospel with people? How do you Short respond? answer, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do you explain? <laughs> Have you ever woed anybody? Yes. <laughs> Tell us the last time you woed someone. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think so. Uh, it, it, I think that, um, yeah, Jesus, I, I'm not sure if we're supposed to model uh, 
this behavior as Jesus is, is woeing these Pharisees and scribes. Uh, what's comforting is the word of God is living and active. And I think as we bring the word of God to bear on people's lives, that uh, it, it, it cuts deep to people. And so uh, we don't have to, we don't have to necessarily bring a woe uh, upon ourselves, but we can bring scripture and, and let scripture speak for itself. And so uh, I think usually as going out and sharing the gospel, uh, that's my aim and goal is I want to just share the scriptures with people. I want to share Christ and what the Bible says about him uh, with other people. So if you come, let's say you're sharing the gospel with somebody or you're trying to share the good news with them and you come across someone that you think, I don't think this person really understands the gospel. I think they're more of a Pharisee in just trying to obey these traditions and make all these rules to make themselves right with God, would you take them to Matthew 23 and say, this is what Jesus said Mm. to those who did this? Uh, Would you woe them by (laughs) taking them there? I think that could be helpful. Uh, I think it probably depends on the person and relationship and things. But yeah, I think that that bringing scripture and and even reading through Matthew 23 with someone could be very, very helpful. in helping them understand that it's not about tradition. It's not about uh, their perfect following of the law or what they, even as Jake was talking about, the, the cleansing of the outside, but it's about uh, the, the, their heart towards God. And so uh, this could be a great place to go. Um, I've never taken someone to Matthew 23 and sharing the gospel with them, but now I'm going to try it. Okay. <laughs> Next month's podcast, we're going to ask if you've woed anybody. I want you to woe somebody. And while you're at it, go make a whip. and <laughs> Drive them out. Yeah, should we talk about this um, Facebook group, the CCK Marketplace? I mean, it seems like, you know, Jesus might drive that group out. I'm wondering if Jesus would woe. And you know, I know some of you listeners are on the CCK Marketplace. Facebook was never made as a house of prayer. Is there a Facebook whip we can drive them out? Okay, this podcast so, brought to you by CCK Marketplace. Place. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll finish with this one, Matthew 28. So we read through Matthew and talks about the Great Commission Jesus gives us. So I just want to go around and the question is, what should we be doing today mm. to obey? And how does that apply to us today, this Great Commission to make disciples of all nations? Let's start with Jake Cronin again. Yeah, so I think the application for this text is going to look different for every single person. Uh, I was even thinking about the application on my own life multiple years ago when I was in a when when I was in a job with uh, thirty unbelieving people and uh, it, they were all very very open to talk about the gospel. It was kind of celebrated in this job that we were going to talk with each other and share with each other. It was on campus and and by the end of this year working on campus, I was able to share the gospel with all thirty of these people. But just a year later, working uh, at TVA, I was in a very corporate position. There was hundreds of people who worked there and maybe knew 10 of them closely. And it was much slower. And so I think the application, we can't say this is this is what it's going to look like for every single person. Uh, but are you being faithful to follow this text and where the Lord has been, where the Lord has put you in, in your season of life? So it's going to look different for every person. It's going to look different even for the same person in different seasons of life. Um, I think for... For me, what's helped me, and I'll, I'll plug Go Team here, uh, has been 
going out and just practicing this in, in my own life. So once a month, our, our church, we have a group that goes out. We call it Go Team, which stands for Gospel Outreach. And the second Saturday of every month, we go out and we share the gospel with people in parks and malls and in Market Square. And uh, what I found those times to be uh, is really helpful in the moment, but also uh, afterwards giving me a desire to share the gospel with the people I do know, the people I do love, my friends, my family, my neighbors, uh, sharing the gospel with strangers and seeing uh, worldviews that are opposing, seeing how people are lost in their sin. Uh, I always leave those times a burden for the people I really love and care for and know. So it's not just come to Go Team once a month and check the box off the Great Commission. You follow Jesus' command this month. But I think that building it into my regular schedule of I want to be faithful to share the gospel with people then gives me a desire to share the gospel in other places in my life. What do you think, La Cabeza? <laughs> Would you add to that? I, uh, I do think, even, at, even as you read Matthew 23, I just think Jesus hates self-righteousness. He just does not like people who are proud and I think Matthew 28, as we think about the Great Commission, it really informs us how we should see others. And, um, you know, he calls the Pharisees blind uh, because of their self-righteousness. And uh, I think as sinners who have been saved by God's grace, the way that Jesus looked at others is that he saw them, that they were lost and helpless sheep without a shepherd. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just like, how do you view those who are around you? Uh, for It can be your children. It can be your neighbors. It can be coworkers. It can be those who, just who has God put around you that you can be faithful to share Christ with? And then that's really participating in the church. What I love is that, so Jesus charges the disciples, and what do they do? They begin the church. Right. So participating in the local church coming on Sundays, bringing your families, bringing friends, encouraging worship, loving Christ, loving the things of God, all that is part of the Great Commission. That's right. It's not just going and sharing the gospel, which is excellent, and we want to do, and we want to encourage that, but it's also how am I participating and serving and building in the local church? Mm -hmm. And I think Jesus would be very pleased with that if he sees you. I love my church, and I want to serve this church, and I'm going to give my life for it. Uh, because Jesus, Jesus gave his own life uh, and blood for the church. Yeah, I think as we keep reading, as we're going to continue this plan, the rest of the New Testament really shows us how they fulfilled this commission mm -hmm. by building churches and using gifts to serve in the local church and their relationships, their love for one another. I think all of that goes into how we fulfill this great commission because mm -hmm. it is to make disciples and to teach them to obey all that I have commanded you, and he's with us, which is what he does in the church. He promises right. to be with us. So uh, I think it's really helpful, this Bible reading plan. Even this month, we got to see God's holiness in the Old Testament and these laws. We saw you know, how we our sin must be atoned for to approach this holy God. At the same time, we're reading in Matthew about Jesus being the one who can bring us to God. It confronts our self-righteousness. It shows us our commission. There's so many things God's addressing our hearts through his word. And 
so good to be in the Word Amen. of God and yep. doing this together. Mm-hmm. So thanks for participating in A Heart for Scripture. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you, Lord willing, again next month.